My name is Amanda Canary. <laughs> For those of you who don't know me, <laughs> normally I'm the worship leader and um, I'm part of the MIT team, which is our ministers in training here at the Grace Place. And I'm going to be honest with you, this is not where I would want to be. <laughs> um, I actually, I remember in the office, my, uh, my dad is the pastor, he's Pastor Allen, and we were standing talking and he was like, when we joined the MIT team, he was like, would you ever consider speaking? And I said, nope, that's not, that's not anything I would ever do, but here I am. <laughs> And not because I don't believe that God could use me in this way, but um, because I have a really bad tendency to cry in front of people when I've put in a public speaking. <laughs> and so today I'm going to try not to do that. But um, through the last couple of years, God's really challenged me in this. And um, he's challenged my own apprehensions in speaking and sharing the things that he's placed in my heart to say. So I'm really excited to be here. I'm nervous too, so let's, let's begin. <laughs> I get really tickled because I remember I started leading worship here back in um, 2010, 2012. Um, and I remember when it was Nick and Austin and I, and we would just lead worship, and, and Nick was right here, and Austin was right there. And, and I used to say to them, I'd say, okay, at 10.30. <laughs> Just start playing <laughs> so nobody can hear what I'm saying because I did not like the part where you'd have to welcome people in. <laughs> it just made me terrified because I get so awkward. And so I would just like tell them, and be like, guys, just play as loud as you can so nobody can hear what I'm saying. So hopefully it comes out, okay. <laughs> like we're in a rock concert or something. <laughs> But um, <laughs> I just didn't like doing it. And then for a season, we had a host, and I was so thankful to God. I was like, amen, we have a host. Somebody's going to do this job, so I don't have to do it anymore. But um, I learned by opening myself up to that uncomfortableness that I was allowing for the Holy Spirit to use me in a different way. And that leading worship wasn't just about being a great singer or musician, but it also required the Holy Spirit to flow through me and to use me to connect God to his people and uh, to read the room and to ask permission and to step into the next levels of leading. And I think that I am not the only one in this room <laughs> who, does, who doesn't like not feel that same way, um, that we feel uncomfortable and we're scared to step into those next steps of what God is calling us to. Now, maybe your struggle isn't exactly like mine. You don't cry in front of people when you're put <laughs> to speak. But um, the truth is, we don't like to be uncomfortable. And we'll do anything we can to get away from that feeling. Um, most of the time, we just end up avoiding it or just hoping somebody else will volunteer who likes to do this. <laughs> and um, so we just don't have to do it or just try to pray that there's another way that we can get around that situation so we don't have to do it at all. But uh, the good news is that I'm, I know I'm not the only one in this room that feels that way. <laughs> and the struggle is for real, so you're not the only one. And even in the Bible, people struggled with... Um, taking the next steps and, and moving into the next phases of their faith. This month, we're in the book of Acts, and if you please open up your Bible apps or your Bible. I use my Bible app, so I have to put that out there. <laughs> um, but we're going to open up to Acts 16, 11 through 15, and this is where we're going to stay mostly today in these few verses, and we're going to talk about a woman named Lydia. 
Okay. It says, we boarded a boat to Troas and sailed straight across the island of Samothrace. And the next day we landed in Nepalis. From there we reached Philippi, a major city in the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. And we stayed there for several days. On the Sabbath, we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank where, uh, where we thought people would be meeting for prayer, and we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. One of them was named Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant, expen a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshipped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart, and she accepted what Paul was saying. She and her household were baptized, and she asked us to be her guest. If you agree that I am a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home, and she urged us until we agreed. Okay, so let's take a moment. Like me, I like to take a moment and talk a little bit about the background so we can kind of understand what's going on in this story. So um, if we kind of go back to Acts 3 and 4, I'm not going to read through those, three, those two books. <laughs> That'd be very long. Um, but it tells us that Peter and John, apostles who were with Jesus um, and were filled with the Holy Spirit, began spreading the message of Jesus. And they were also performing miraculous acts through the Holy Spirit within them and preaching uh, the message of Jesus boldly to people. It says that 5,000 people now began to believe in Jesus, which is quite large at this time because there were actually ancient cities that were smaller than that number. So this is huge. Believers began sharing their possessions by selling them to give, the, give to the apostles so that they could in turn give it to the needy and they could help and be a part of the mission. This led to the birth of the church and eventually would become to what we know today. This momentum led to the other apostles to go out and start spreading the message of Jesus into people's households. And this is where we find Paul and Silas in the story. They're traveling to Macedonia, and on the Sabbath, they come across a group of women. And in this group of women, we meet the woman named Lydia. Okay, so who is Lydia? And why is she the only one named from this group? Obviously, she must be important because God told us her name. So the Bible tells us very little, but it's just enough to learn a few key things about this woman and her importance in this story. So Lydia is a merchant of purple cloth, which means she's an independent business owner, like awesome, yes, go Lydia, and <laughs> that she is the head of her household because she's bringing in the income. I thought it was really interesting that she was selling purple cloth because you know, I'm like, what does that mean? Obviously, there's a meaning. So I looked it up, and uh, purple is a secondary color, which means you have to mix two colors to make purple. And um, in the Bible, biblically, purple is obtained by mixing red, which is the flesh, and blue, which is the word, uh, um, the word of God. And the resulting color, meaning in the Bible, royalty or priesthood. Boom. That's Lydia. That doesn't give us any further indication where we're going, so <laughs> I don't know what does. So the third thing we know about her is she's a worshiper of God, and she's leading her household in worship on the Sabbath. Um, this is all, actually, sorry, so she's leading her own ministry, which is impressive for this time and day. She's, she's actually doing quite a lot for um, just one woman. So this is quite a bit we know about Lydia, and this is why I, I personally love the Bible, 
It gives us key things that we know about her to help us understand why this moment when Paul and Silas enter in is so important. So Paul and Silas join Lydia's prayer gathering by the river, and Paul stands before Lydia's household and preaches the good news. And it would be amazing if he told us what the message was about, but he doesn't tell us. So I don't know. I didn't have a good <laughs> background to go through that. But it does tell us that, that um, the message that Paul preached, um, that the audience responded by listening. They were eagerly listening to him. And they, were, they responded to this by being baptized. So that must have been a really good Sunday. <laughs> you know, people want to get baptized on a Sunday, that's awesome. Um, so whatever the message is, that's not what God wants us to focus on. He wants us to focus on that the Lord opened. Um, so he wants us to focus on that Lydia, as she listened to Paul and Silas, that God opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. She and her household were baptized. And this is the response from the Lord opening her heart. So how does this apply to you and I today? The big question, are you a Lydia? Are you a worshiper of God who is sitting on the sidelines of your faith and haven't made that connection to, yes, God, I'm all in? The question isn't, are you a good person? Um, do you attend church regularly? The question is, have you allowed for God to open up your heart and say, yes, I'm all in, and I'm ready for the next steps. I'm ready to move forward, and I'm done being stuck. So I, I just thought this, these were um, some really great next steps. So maybe if that's you, if you're a Lydia today, if, if you're thinking, I, I haven't made those next steps, I haven't said I'm all in, um, here's some really great next steps. So for you, maybe your next step is being baptized. Maybe you haven't seen the importance of it, um, but maybe for you it's making it publicly known that you're ready to follow Jesus. And I love, love, love this season of our church that we're in because we're doing multiple chances for you to be baptized this year. So maybe next this next quarter, that's you. Maybe you need to be baptized. Um, I've been baptized three times. <laughs> which seems like a lot, because it is. Don't be baptized three times if you don't need to. <laughs> um, but the first time I was about eight or nine years old, and I remember that I was accepting Jesus into my heart, and that's why I wanted to be baptized. But the second time is probably the most meaningful time that I remember in my life. And um, I think, for me, I know I was a Lydia, and I was in middle school, I was about 13 years old, and I had gone through this season where I was bullied in middle school, just hardcore bullied, and um, all my friends were like, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. It was kind of just this petty thing. They just were like, bye, see you later, and I lost about everybody around me, but God was just with me, and I remember like feeling that and knowing that, and so when he, my parents sent me to church camp that summer, um, I really just felt this passion that I was saying, you know what, I don't know where I would have been without God in this season. I was very depressed and I was very sad and I didn't like myself and so I just remember like feeling and, and the message that they had when they were calling us up and, and I said, God, I want to make this change. I want to show you that I'm ready for the next steps and for me at 13 years old, that was what I did um, and 
I was baptized in church on Sunday, and it was incredible. So maybe for you, that's, that's you. Maybe for you, you have to make that place where you're like, God, I'm ready to be baptized. And, and that's awesome, and we want to do that with you. We want to celebrate. So the second one is uh, to start serving in your church. It's such a simple thing, and it's so beautiful. And, and God loves the church, and he wants you to be a part of the body of it. Um, I, I can't. I can't tell you that, like, <laughs> I've served probably everywhere in this church, and I love it. I've served from the kids all the way to the youth, all the way to being up here, and, and God just has a purpose for your life, and he's going to use you in ways that you never thought you'd be used, and so just be open to that and be ready, and so maybe this season for you, it's, it's just going to be serving, and that's going to be incredible. I'm excited. The third one is uh, come faithfully. Just commit to being here. It's so important to be fed by the Lord. It's so important for him to pour into our lives because it is very easy for our strength to fail. And, and I can tell you, like, my word for myself this year was overflow. And I, I know I have to be here every Sunday for God to pour into me so that I can go out and just be a nice person. <laughs> to the world. <laughs> so just come here, be like, commit to, maybe that's you this year, just committing to be faithful this year. And just to see what God does, if you just come every Sunday and allow yourself to be fed, and, and God will challenge you to the next season of your life, and you'll see the strength you had because he was with you. Um, committing to giving tithe, man, this year for you, God is wanting you to trust him with your finances. I can attest to this, Austin and I, we, that's my husband, <laughs> we committed to, um, before we got married, we did Financial Peace University, and a big part of it was, are you giving tithe, which is your 10%, and we weren't at the time, um, we were giving like, you know, 20 here and there, and that's okay, that's fine, and th that's what they say, it's okay, but I remember that we really both felt challenged um, after taking the course to, to give faithfully before we got married, and Man, I, there's so many stories I can share about God just meeting us in places and doing things and, and covering us and, and, and just giving and blessing us. But um, I'm going to share one. And it's so um, after we'd taken the class, we decided we were going to give. And at the time, I was only making $600 a month, which is like nothing. <laughs> I was working at the YMCA and... Um, so that's pretty good money for working at the Y, but I was giving my $60 every month to the Lord, and that seemed like a lot of money at the time. For me, that was like going out a few times for coffee or dinner, but we just did it, and um, Austin was giving, and it was awesome. We were doing it together, and we were just committed, and the first year of our marriage, God did some really incredible things. Um, we paid off his car just something I didn't think we would be able to do. And um, we inherited, when we got married, we inherited each other's college debt, which is the best. Um, and before we got married, his dad passed away. And a part of, before we would got married, our understanding was that his dad would pay half of that. And he told him, he's like, I'll pay half of your school loan. That's it's, it's on me, and the rest is on you guys. I don't want you to feel overwhelmed. Um, and that was awesome. And then he, 
his dad passed away and we were like, okay, we're just going to take that and we're going to pay it and we're going to see what God can do. And, um, at the time we were married. And so Austin, I remember he called the office and he was, uh, to find out how to pay this loan. And he just wanted to find out what the minimum payment was so we could just start paying it. And it was, the lady was like, oh, well, um, who's the loan under? And he told him his name. And the lady was like, uh, it's not under your name. And he said, okay, well, here's my dad's name. So it might be under his name. And she said, she's like, okay, you know what? And he's like, yeah, my dad, oh, it's under my dad's name. Is there any way we could change it? And she's like, well, it can't really be changed, the loan. Once it's under someone's name, it, it can't. But um, let me, she put him on hold, and, and he, she came back, and she said, okay, so I've talked to my manager, and I found out that if the loan is placed under someone's name and they've deceased and they've passed away, um, that it's forgiven 100% most of the time. And, uh, like, She's like, don't, don't like get your hopes up right now. She's like, just let me call you back in a couple weeks. It'll take a few weeks. In a couple weeks, we found out his loan was completely forgiven. And God is just so good. So that's you. Maybe this year, God's going to do something like that for you. And I'm praying for that for you. So God, he can do wonders when we just trust him with a little bit. And he's going to meet us the 90%. Um, finally, the last thing, the last step was sharing your testimony. <clears throat> Above all, the most powerful thing that each of us carries is our story, that how God took us from one situation and brought us into his family. Now, maybe this is your season to really start sharing your testimony with those around you and using the tools that God gave you. I also, I felt so challenged by this earlier this year. Pastor Allen did a message, and he was talking about Moses. And Moses is, um, he goes up to the mountain, and he meets with God, and God speaks with him through the fire, and uh, God's telling him all these things he's going to have him do. He's going to, you know, part the Red Sea, and Moses is like, and free his people, and he's like, Moses is like, God, how am I going to do that? <laughs> and uh, what God says to Moses is, God, Moses, what have I placed in your hands? And ironically, at the time, I was holding my iPhone so I could read the story in my Bible app, but I thought, wow, what would it look like if I started to use the things that God, that was made by man to glorify God? What if I used my social media to share my testimony, to share my story, to tell people about God's love? What if I use this man-made tool to glorify God? So this season, I just, I believe God's challenging you to share his love and his purpose for you with the people around you. How awesome would it look if, if our church, if the, what would the Round Rock, the Hutto, the Mainer, the Pflugerville area look like if we started to share God's glory with the people around us? I mean, it's just such a small thing, but it's so beautiful. So today, I'm going to close and invite the worship team to come back up. Um, but let's just take a moment for God to just open our hearts. This year at the Grace Place Church, our theme is whatever. And some of you bought the shirts, which is awesome. But have you really said, whatever, God? 
whatever you ask me to do this year to glorify you, I'm going to do it. I'm all in. And what would it look like if God just opened our hearts right now to take these next steps like Lydia? Lydia, she went on to bring her family to Christ. I think that's such a beautiful thing because women, we play a huge role in our families' lives, not only if we're mothers, but we do play a huge role in bringing a different side of, of God to, to the world. And so what would it look like if each of us just really took those next steps and really asked God to just tell us, what do you want me to do, God? I'm going to do it. It's so cool to hear later in the story, Lydia, she actually encouraged Paul and Silas. So they were put in prison, and once they were let out of prison, they went to Lydia's home, and she encouraged them. And I think that's such a beautiful picture of what God can do in, in our purpose, is that he can take us from being the one that's listening to the one that's encouraging, to the one that's up here speaking, to the one that's, that's, that's glorifying him. He can use us in so many ways. So let's just um, take some time in worship, and we're going to let God just open up our hearts right now.